Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I'm your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and alongside me once again is Mr Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Good afternoon or evening. Evening, here we are with another episode. We have a radiator now in the new Behind the Glass studio so yes, uh, those of you that didn't join us last week we have upgraded 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 our surroundings and we now have our own unique base our btg home uh and last week it was freezing cold because it's an empty shell really cold and i had no radiators but i've invested now in a 20 pound radiator from home base hashtag ad did you just buy one or just find it <laughs> no why yeah it looks like i found it in a skip but um but no no, no i i bought like it your cars it, yeah <laughs> Rain it in. It's early. We're only one minute into the podcast, Tony. Uh, but I've positioned it right next to you. And yes, you probably did spot a potential fire hazard where your coat was resting on it. But oh, did you? I thought it would add some drama to this week's episode. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, if you're watching us on YouTube, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to hit subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. And if you're listening to us, make sure to keep following us on whatever platform you are listening to us on and leave us a review. This is the thing that we're really promoting is it tony leave us a comment leave us a review give us five stars is that is that the new thing Reviews that's the new now. thing right, yeah we, just, we we want people to you know promote us by telling us how great or, or awful we are we don't yeah, mind yeah. you know um criticism thank you uh also speaking of criticism i'm very aware that this microphone is a little bit crackly sounds like the gain's a little bit high that's because i dropped the microphone two weeks ago i am going to be replacing it uh hopefully you can bear with us this week uh, whilst i remain a little crackly um speaking of criticism though last week we also received some criticism which is fine for our comments about electric vehicles uh we're not going to apologize uh we are only ever sharing our opinions here sharing our thoughts and also sharing what other people have told us you know we're not always going to get it right we are here to learn as much as we are here to discuss given the feedback that we've received about certain elements of electric vehicles we have made made it a mission to find a pro ev voice that can come and join us one week right so that he can educate us that we hope will tell the truth and not what people want to hear but we stand by what we said last week we, yeah, yeah. we stand by our freedom of speech <laughs> well we, we was well informed mate 
Yes, well, you were, and I, 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 agree, I agreed with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, but look, let's uh, let's get on to what we've been up to, uh, because appropriately, this week, I drove a Taycan, Taycan. Oh, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I drove a Taycan in Geneva, <laughs> of all places, Switzerland. Uh, I was over there to promote this year's Geneva Motor Show, mm-hmm. um, and to do that, they rolled out a very nice blue Taycan 4S. I hadn't seen a colourful Taycan yet. So the 4S is the entry level one. Yes, yeah. exactly that. So the the uh, yes, at the moment the 4S is the. I think they're going to do a four, I guess. But right now the 4S is the entry level one. Did it have the bigger batteries? It had the bigger batteries, and it had the sound. Uh, the what do they call it? The electric sound package or the sport? No, that's it. The sport sound package, which mate, I loved. It's like it, you know how like most electric cars are like. No, why did I do a gear shift? Uh, it's just one long... Yeah, there you go. Much better impression than me. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't have that. It's got like a UFO kind of very basic, like... Really? It's And it's really like, it's nice. And it's actually quite loud from the outside. So we were cruising around Geneva Old Town, waiting to take photos. And as it was driving up to us or past us, it was like... It, it, it sounds cool. It yeah, sounds yeah. cool. So bravo Porsche for that. Um, but I didn't really test it. I drove it very limitedly within town, Swiss speed limits, with a very nervous man from Porsche Switzerland next to me. Was he? Uh, he was super nice. Nicest guy I've ever met, but just, you know, I think he was aware that uh, it was a very expensive car that maybe not many people had driven yet. Of so, course. <laughs> um, but yeah, initial thoughts, positive, mate. Positive, still too expensive for me. I'm going to stick by that. Um, what, what was that car? Would have been 90-odd grand? No, no, no. In in chuffs, Swiss chuffs, which equates to similar to euros, I think it was 140. So okay, we're talking about 110-ish. On yeah, maybe 110 pounds, something like that. So still still a bit of money. Um, didn't feel... I mean, it, it felt like a Porsche, so fine. I would say it felt like a 75 grand car. Um yeah, but, but you're, yeah. Paying a, you're paying a premium for the technology at the moment. There we go. It's it, it, It'll all come back down, mate. I'm sure. It will. Um, talk to me. What have you been up to this week? Uh, so it was last week. Been at work <laughs> selling cars or not selling cars. No, it's been quite a week, hasn't quite it? Quite a week, oh, yeah. no. I think because uh, we come out of Europe tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, celebrate. We should have a little... This thing here, by the way, this new little tech setup. I can program these buttons to do things like that. Can you really? Celebrate. So yeah, okay. In future Can you do weeks, that next week? Yeah, I'll smash it, and then we'll have a little celebrations. But yeah, we're leaving. Leaving. Are you sad? Uh, I just want it over with, mate. Whether I'm sad or not, I'm not okay. going to tell people what I voted. But um, um, I just I was fed up with it. You're just done. We'd all been talking about it for way too long. So. Yeah. Whether, whether I wanted to come out or not, the fact of the matter is, we're a democracy, and the people chose to come out. So that's what should have happened. Which has happened. Just shame it took three and a half years to do it. Yeah, well said, sir. Let's not get too political. <laughs> um, so you think your business was affected because people were kind of like hanging around and just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. all the uncertainty. So hopefully, um, yeah, it's it just been a quiet week. I think people are just holding off. But the elections was the big one where you know, people were really holding off. And then, I mean, again, I'm not really politically correct, but... We could not have had Labour in. Okay. This is, this is becoming so awkwardly political. <laughs> and because I wasn't here last year, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> but did you genuinely see like a snowball effect post-election? Suddenly everyone was like, let's go shopping. All of last year, actually, for the motor trade in general, not just me for the motor trade, was really tough. Um, and I would say it was probably the toughest year since the crash in 08. 
Oh wow! Okay, yeah, it was. The, I think it's the biggest decline. Statistics say as well. Sure, it was probably the the biggest decline in cars sales, new and used, and depreciation like huge depreciation last year on all cars right across the board. Um, biggest percentage of losses. Yeah. Well, this is what we're going to get into today because today's topic is kind of the deals out there, the steals, the 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 insane depreciation that has hit some cars yeah. and the sort of, yeah, the mega deals that you could pick up now in almost every, we, we want to cover most areas. Of course, we're always going to be looking towards sort of sports, prestige, premium cars, uh, but there are a few other deals. It's because those cars get hit the highest, really. You know, we're talking about 488s that have been spec'd up to 300 grand and are now at 170. I mean, you know, that's a just, you know, what a car. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all about percentages, see? So the bigger value the car, the bigger the fall, because the percentages say the same right across the board. So if a if a 10 grand car's lost 10%, it's only a grand, isn't it? If a 200 grand car's lost 10%, it's 20 grand. <laughs> I'm not uh, going to try and do that. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the percentages. It's in the percentages. So yes, that's what we're going to be getting into. Um, uh, as I say, make sure you are subscribing, turning on notifications, um, doing all the bits that you need to do so that you don't miss out. Uh, and stay tuned for uh, today's deep dive into the deals and steals that are out there on the UK, important to say, UK car market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm going to kick things off. Car a little bit dear to my heart. Alfa Romeo 4C. <laughs> well, hey, don't laugh. You still look at them? Yeah, I still look at them. Really? <laughs> yeah, because you know what? It's such a quirky little car. And even when it came out at 50 to 60 grand, I thought it was the steal of the century. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm going to check, but I'm pretty sure you can find one if you really searched hard for sub 30. 
I might that might have been a bit punchy. They're definitely around the thirty mark because I know a friend who got one for got a launch edition one for like thirty two. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought they were thirty five, but yeah, I'm gonna find. Here we go. Let's look for the lowest. But but I don't think there's many other cars out there. There we go. The cheapest one online at the moment is thirty two and a half. But there's not many cars out there for that price that can make you feel that special. No, I guess. It's a carbon-tubbed car. Yeah, I like, guess. You know, and, and from experience, you you feel like you're in a baby Ferrari. And, you know... What? Uh, mate, honestly, carbon fibre tub, Italian badge, super low, everyone stares at you. I used to be able to drive around in that thing with McLaren P1s, bro, and people would look at the 4C over the P1. Really? No joke. Like, people go nuts for that car. And there's... I mean, what else at 30 grand... Tell me, what do you, like, a Cayman, Not- snore. <laughs> Come on, what else are you going to get at 30 grand that is that unique and quirky? I uh, I wouldn't give 30 grand for one because I wouldn't want to drive it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, have you, or oh, you have driven one. I've lived with one. You live with one. You've driven one. I drove a few. We've had a couple in stock. <laughs> I'm sorry. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, they literally just go left or right whenever they choose. Would you have a 4C or a Lotus? You have to pick one. Really? Yes. Oh my God. Uh, Lotus. Really? Yeah. That, you just didn't like the 4C that much? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, at least Lotus are built properly. I have to say, yes, I'd have a Lotus as well. I, I actually love Lotuses, especially like Gen 1 Elises. I think it is amazing. Um, but yeah, the 4C, it's just, I would never have one again. And it was an eye-opening experience. But as I say, for me, in my life at that time and for that money and I paid 54 or something it it felt like a hundred grand supercar mate yeah and I think it still would if you bought it at 32 I, I'm going to come out and say it. if you can bear to live with the horrific side of a 4C it's a steal I'm if you've my not had down. one if you've not had one go and buy one y- yeah but but once you've driven it you'll go oh my god I wish I bought a Golf <laughs> Probably. No, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. It's super impractical. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But if you're someone out there who's going, oh, I really want the taste of a supercar, but can't quite stretch to uh, blah, 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 um, then yes, this could be an option. Yeah, the feel. It's a mid engine carbon tub. There you looks, go. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's but, not super. No. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's I can a walk faster. Super sports car. Well, <laughs> is to- it a sports car? <laughs> I mean, in fact, it looks like one. That's about it. <laughs> It felt quicker at the time. Um, well, to flip reverse it, and I'll let you go in here a little bit, because for 30-odd-ish, you can get a Gen 1 R8 these days. You can. And that's talking about a mid-engine supercar. Yeah. We've spoke about these before, though, whiles back, when they were that 40 grandish. They're not really a supercar anymore, either, mm, mate. No. Other than the fact they look like one. I mean, an RS freezes fast. Yeah, if not quicker, I think. If, if not quicker. But it's not about speed, mate. And I'm going to put yes, my hands up. No. <laughs> yes, it is. I don't know why I invite you on this podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. It's about feeling. It's about sensation. For me, that's what defines a supercar. How it makes you feel as much as, as how it goes. Okay, fine. You know, you, you couldn't say, you couldn't argue that a Gen 1 <laughs> Golf is a supercar because it makes you feel special. No. But, you know, I, I, I that R8... What would hold me back is the gearbox. Yep. Because the 30-odd grand ones are the S-Tronic, right? Or is it R-Tronic? R-Tronic. Ugh. Or manual. R for ridiculously awful. So so if you buy an early one, you want a manual. Bit of bit of advice here. Consumer advice. Please. If you buy an early one, you want a manual. If you're buying after 2012, you then want an S-Tronic. 
You don't want the manual then. Okay, because the S-Tronic's good enough. Which is the double clutch. Fine. Okay, so that's a good point. And anything, I mean, like, are they? do they go wrong? I mean, they're German. No, 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 no. So they're they, still uh, solid. So things that do go wrong, the suspension okay. goes wrong on them, the mag ride. Sure. As they get older, by the way. Um, and they suffer from all Audis, do they? suffer from oil leaks, uh, like rear main oil seals and stuff like that. It's common on them. Um, not the newer ones, but like the older ones, you've got to be careful with them. Apart from that, like engine, gearbox. Uh, you had one in not long ago, didn't you? Last year, I feel like you had one in. Yeah, not not the not the single clutch one. We've got a double clutch one in now. Oh, okay. So we, we How might, much more are they? What's the premium on a... Uh, so we've got a 2014 convertible okay. in. Uh, it's a V8 convertible. Nice. S-Tronic. Sure. And that's uh, 50 grand. Okay, retail. so you, you're 20 grand odd plus. You're 15 to 20 grand for a premium for the yeah, S-Tronic. Yeah, yeah, for an, for an S-Tronic and a newer car, don't you sure. as well? Of course, of course. But, but I mean, I know what you're going to say. I'm not going to ask you 4C versus R8, but <laughs> I do think, you know, that is a cool way to get into a cool car. You know, at, at 30 to 40 grand, an R8 still has that presence on the road, I would say. Yeah, well, what, what Porsche do you buy for... 30 or 40 grand doesn't doesn't look anything like an R8. No, because the closest thing you're going to get is a Cayman and it just will never be as special as an R8. Or you'll get an old 997 911 Carrera S. Snore. Yeah, I mean, I I I tend to agree, but but, uh, the Porsche is the better car, by the way. Oh, yeah, but it's not going to... I'm talking about cheap ways to to get a supercar and to feel like a supercar. And I think if you cruised around in a 997 911... People are going to be like, oh, bore off, mate. You're old man working in a bank. Yeah. Uh, so R8 at the moment, I think, are good news. And you can get the manual V10, can't you? But they're still quite strong. Well, they're just rare. I don't know I don't know if they're strong, but, you know, we have the saying in the, in the trade that rare isn't always good. Okay, interesting. Right. I would, see, I would, I would have thought, mate, this is a one of uh, 150 Maserati MC Victory. Yeah. Well, you don't know what that is, do you? No, I mean, I'm not interested. <laughs> it's an amazing Grand Sport. Was it Grand Sport? Was that the one before the Grand Turismo? Yeah. Oh, what a car, mate. Yeah. Limited edition to celebrate the MC12's uh, endurance championship. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why they didn't make a lot of them is because they couldn't sell a lot of them. They couldn't <laughs> find anyone mad enough to buy them. So I, I would buy one. Well, of course. But you've had four C's and Jaguars that wrapped bright red. And I mean, what else have <laughs> they wrapped I mean, a red car Citroen, red? That DS- Don't <laughs> go on the Citroen. We've, we've covered the Citroen, mate. Come on. No, move on. Let's talk next 40 minutes about that. <laughs> okay, so wait, tell me why is rare not always good? Because because of what you just said, that doesn't always mean that they're a good car? Uh, yeah, it just means that look, for every for every 10 bloke, there's there's one bloke for the rare one. And who buys them? Like some, some like, okay, special Ferraris and special GT car 911s and um, some other real rare stuff. Fine. In general, you know, when you get these manufacturers that build rare manual cars and they go, whoa, there's only three in the country because there was only three blokes ever ordered them and everyone else used their brain and ordered an auto. So when you get someone coming to you for a part X or a sale or a turn and they've got what they think is a super rare limited car, do you sometimes have to burst their bubble? They go, well, mate, this is, you know, it's just, there's only made 250 of these, mate. It's a very, very painful conversation, yeah. which I normally like to have, to be honest, because like, I try and be nice, but I'm quite blunt and upfront as well. Means and, nothing. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> Means nothing. Yeah, it's 10 grand less than the other ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, they did make a special R8 though back in the day, didn't it? Was the GT, wasn't it? Which had a wing and a canard and maybe more 10, 10 more horsepower, 20 yeah. more horsepower, something like that. Plastic wing, plastic, plastic wing. glass thing. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, who cares? I see that that, yeah, that yeah. really appeals to me. Yeah, of course it does. But well, you've seen your car. Yeah, you? I buy the stupid normal. stuff. No, I'm not normal. But anyway, um, okay. So I, I'll move on to the next. By the way, feel free to interject if anyone any cars spring to your mind. But otherwise, I'm using you as a fountain of knowledge uh, to bounce basically replacements for the 911. <laughs> really? Is that what just, you're trying that's to literally what I'm trying to do. I'm like, I'm just trying to because obviously, uh, it goes without saying that I'm in heavy, heavy amounts of debt with that 911 finance. As amazing yep. as magnitude were, getting me the deal on a 911 Carrera T to take around the world putting 30,000 miles on a car in one year means that I'm in what's called negative equity. It could have been 50,000. Yeah, well, that's what I predicted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the deal was all agreed on, I think, 50 or 60,000, including my insurance as well. So, um, yeah, basically, I owe more than the car's worth right now. So that's going to be a little bit interesting. But, you know, shit happens. But what that's not do? uncommon, mate, just because you put a load of miles. Yeah. That's not uncommon I in always, general. I always knew it was going to happen. Yeah. It's totally fine. Uh, the good thing is it's a Porsche. It's a 911. It's a fantastic car. Uh, there is still some value in it, whilst, you know, other cars that I was considering at the time, I think would probably be worth about 10p about now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes, <laughs> I joke. But some of these cars are potential replacements. Uh, so let's move on to your favourite topic, Bentley Continentals. No, you're not getting one of them. No, I'm not. Oh. But uh, but what I want to say is, in terms of depreciation, has this always been the way that you can spec a new Continental these days to God knows what's money? I mean, I would assume 300k is not hard to get to when it comes to a new Bentley Continental. I mean, you would absolutely need your head testing if you spent 300 grand on a Bentley. I mean, you but it's would. possible though. Is that you? You could imagine it's possible. Right? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> okay, know well, let's say, let's say 250. Let's say 250 for sure. 259,995. Oh, that's a number nine edition. Okay, so maybe I was getting a little bit carried away. Yeah, yeah. And I, there's a convertible here for 220, 218. But either way, you know, these are cars that drop you know, 70 grand in, in a year of ownership, right? Easy. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm surprised by is that they they still are kind of high, like they're sitting at the 150, 160 mark for the new shape. However, Bentley Continental always be one of those cars that you could get into a really old one for dirt cheap. And people, I think, would still be like, oh, baller in the Bentley. 20 grand, mate. Yeah. 20 grand for the, like, OG Continental GT. The, yeah, the old, like, 2004, 2005 car, yeah. Which I remember when it came out, MTV used to say, like, this is a car made for the A of A-list celebrities. Paris Hilton, JZ. Or, you know, like, this was supposed when to be... When it was new. When it was new. Yeah, yeah, uh, And then obviously all the footballers bought it and ruined it street cred. But, uh, <laughs> um... They it, saved Bentley, the footballers. Yeah, which what? what? They saved Bentley, the footballers. They by saved... them all. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I think they ruined them. Because no. then they made them undesirable. Well, no, they're still selling them now. Loads of them. Yeah, fair enough. Back to the footballers. Back to the footballers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's another car which I think, you know, you could still go and buy where people would think you've bought a much more expensive car because they all kind of look the same. They do. To yeah. the untrained eye, to the non-knowledgeable car nerd like us. Yeah. Bentley Continental is a sure way in to a pretty cool car, but I could imagine they're horrible to run. They're very expensive, an early car. So um, again, don't have many engine and gearbox problems but it's everything else around them mate like everything's expensive that back rear brake light on them yeah the one at the top of the w- rear window thousand pound no <laughs> it's a thousand pound 
And you got, break every two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's no. terrible. Yeah, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Honestly, everything on a Bentley is start a thousand pound. But that's why they're 20 grand, mate. Like, don't forget that car would have been 150, 160 grand when it was new. So it is a lot of car, but some people who, but I mean, I, I like I said, I don't sell that stuff anymore, but um, people that are getting into that stuff, you are kind of have to educate them to the fact that you are buying a hundred odd grand car. You're buying it cheap because it's used. And that is generally the truth. Well, that's it. And I think maybe the world went a little mad, right? Over the last few years with crazy overs and forgetting that depreciation was a thing. I know. <laughs> and getting into cars because they thought they were a steal and, oh, this is our moment. They're going to go up in value. And, oh my God, can you believe we can get this car now? And it feels like the world's recorrected itself. And well, I, I, I do believe that social media was a drive. It wasn't a drive for all of it, but it was a drive for some of it. Okay. There was also, not you, <laughs> but there were some influences that were hiking prices up by saying we're driving around cars for nothing, just telling complete lies. Sure. <laughs> which is true. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, and then people get in the shock of their lives when they get out of their cars and they've done the money that they're always going to do. Sure. Yeah, so, um, but I think that it was fashionable a few years ago. You're right. People have had enough now. Okay, so to flip reverse it for a second, we've been talking about sort of cheap cheap steel supercars you can get in an entry level to go on the other end of the spectrum what are the what are the big cars that were once commanding stupid money that are now actually looking not affordable but okay so take a tdf that's the one that jumps out in my mind straight right? away that's what come in my yeah. mind 18 months ago two years ago what we were talking million pounds in some cases oh yeah we're now i mean half of that yeah we yeah because what people have to realize is is what what they're advertised for online is not what they're worth. That's what they're advertised for. So actually what they're actually changing for off market or in the trade is that's what they're worth. Okay. People forget that. So TDFs nowadays, if you had a TDF with 2000 miles, what would you think you could get for it? Okay. I'm not going to say the trade bit because I don't want to sure. think. Sure. Screw over your customer. Your, what, what's it called? Your industry. Not the industry, just like, it's not fair to the people that actually own them because okay. because all of a sudden, um, people that want to buy them will go, whoa, Tony from Gravel would say they're this much. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. I'm not sure people hold you in that high regard. but Yes, uh, they do. <laughs> I forgot your prestige car dealer after yeah, all. Yeah, I am, yeah. Uh, well, we went so, through this last week. Go on. Uh, so wait, okay, so if you walked into a Ferrari dealer today, what would you expect to pay for a 2,000 mile TDF. I think they're about 700, 750. Okay. So, so some people might have lost 250 grand on, on a TDF, potentially, if you if you paid really high back if on day one. If you paid strong money. If you bought one list, you're fine because they were 400 and something. Still laughing to the bank, aren't you? Still laughing to the bank. The 911R is another one. Okay. So, yeah, talk me through. That's what I wanted to get into. Give me some knowledge. What, what are the other cars, you know, say that either overinflated or nowadays never inflated and, and people thought they did and you can go and grab them? So the 911R was 140 list-ish. They initially, when they come out, they were fetching five, 600 grand on the market. So four, five times their um, original value. They've now dropped back to 300 grand now. 
It's still a lot of money, though. It is still a lot of money. Don't forget, they are they were one forty list. Yeah. So, but that does, the list price is irrelevant because cars are worth what people are willing to pay. Sure. So, um, that's what they're worth now. They're worth three hundred grand. That that's the the retail value of them. But some people are paying five five fifty. I mean, I I heard of a really early one go for six hundred grand. But but at this point, so for me, right, it's like, okay, so it's still almost double list price. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's more than double list It's price. more than double list price. So just because it's dropped 200 grand, is that like, okay, now's a good time to get in because they might go back up? Or do you see this as a permanent a permanent restructuring or permanent price correction? That's what I was looking for. I, I, I think there's too much to choose from now. And these okay. manufacturers, see, probably 10 years ago, the manufacturers were, they knew about overs and flipping but now they what they've done is they've corrected the market themselves because the manufacturers the power obviously that's where the cars come from they're the power if they're not careful they would give the power back to the public because the public dictates the values of them they try and which is why Porsche and Ferrari try and Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Protect the brands. They try, obviously. And they do a fairly good job in doing that. However. Oh, Oh no. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing so well. You're on like a literally like a two minute run now. I was I'm like, wow. Tony's on a monologue. I was on a run. So Ferrari and Porsche try to have the power, but the, the people dictate the prices. So Yeah, Fer- but I was going around I was going around to, to for a big moment and I forgot. Oh what I was no. Say. Well see if it comes back to you, mate. Okay, I believe fine. in you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk for a second. Um, okay, so I did actually want to pick up on the fact that you said Ferrari there because, you know, that's one brand, and we mentioned TDF, that, you know, if you look at the history, the cars come out and they usually plummet over a 10-year period. You know, you get 360s that were worth 30 grand at one point, 430s did a similar thing, but everything seems to sort of slightly recoup or, you know, uh, go back up. You yeah, know, yeah. 308 at freaking 150 or grand or something like that. But there's a couple of cars at the moment which are which are dipping quite hard. Uh, the first one, Testarossa, unbelievably. Yeah. Some great deals out there on Testarossa at the moment for what a great car. Last mid-engine V12 from Ferrari. But they were fetching, again, they were fetching a fortune. Uh, going back to what I was saying. I don't know what was oh, saying. he's figured it out. Okay. So that was the, a good distraction. Instead of the general public having the money, which is what's been happening the last few years, the manufacturers have said, well, we'll just keep bringing limited edition cars out. 
which will drive the prices down to the old ones, which means there's more of them around. Because you can't, you know, it doesn't matter how wealthy you are, you cannot just keep buying cars. So if the manufacturers keep churning out these special cars every few years, people go, well, I'll wait for the next one. I'll yeah. just wait for the next one. I won't get this one. I'll wait for the next one. And they're always better, fundamentally. Okay, they'd lose a bit of soul or a bit of passion, but they're always better cars. And they're cheaper because there's more of them. So that's what's happened. We we give the power back to the manufacturers. Yeah, because if you think the 911R was so crazy on pricing because everyone went, oh my God, this is the last manual GT3 ever. Everyone go buy crazy. And then literally Porsche were like, no, <laughs> here's a manual 991.2 and it's completely standard. And, and it's, it's a touring. Main, like it's a touring. And, you know, so so yeah, uh, hilarious in that sense from Porsche and a good, it's a good move. But 911R still worth a bit of, bit of money. Um, and then, yeah, Testarossa's, uh, to come back to my Ferrari point, now a sort of theoretical steal because yes, they kind of went up and now they've come back down. Yeah. And you've got to think that's a very cool car for what is looking like 90, 100, 110 grand. But there's a lot of other cars. Like when you look at, okay, the Carrera GT is a really good example. Go on. So five years ago, they were 200, 300 grand. Wow, I didn't realise they were that low, but go right. on. It might have been a bit longer than five, but whatever. Sure. It sure. wasn't that long ago. A good one now, when I say a good one with no miles on it, is probably worth eight or 900 grand. That's awfully close to a 918. Mm-hmm. And I know what I'd rather have. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but what the, but then this comes down to as well a lot to do with you as a person. <laughs> no, 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 but just I think people in general, like like... In a minute, there's going to be another special Porsche, another million pound Porsche. But the thing is, uh, yes, okay, so, but, but hold on a sec here, because now we go back to that argument which we had at the beginning of the show, which is what makes a car special? What makes a car, you know, valuable? Uh, and what makes it a supercar? Because, yes, the 918 and the Carrera GT could arguably be very similar price soon. Uh, in some cases, they probably are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Why is that Carrera GT worth so much? Why is that 918 not worth theoretically as much? And it's a lot of the eye of the beholder, auction prices, I think culture in general. Speculation. Speculation, but also the fact that the world is changing. You know, that Carrera GT was or is theoretically so special because of its sort of motorsport heritage, what it was, the project, the concept behind it, that big, shouty, naturally aspirated V10, basically no assist, you know, a famous monster that likes to kill people, RIP, there's various people involved. Um, whilst today, even with a 918, it's a computer, it's Correct. a robot. And so the feeling and the association isn't the same and you're not getting the same driving experience. And I think people look back to cars like Carrera GT, F40, McLaren F1, and they're willing to pay more to have that kind of experience. But that's the previous generation, mate. Agreed. as generations go, the Carrera GT and all that old stuff, it will then become not interesting to the next generation because they go, we don't want that. We want something that works because they've not been brung up by, by having that old stuff. So, so a lot of these older cars, they're bought by people that were from the seventies and eighties and stuff. They've made a few quid, and they've all there was their poster car, essentially. sure, sure, and and they've come into some money. They've worked hard, whatever for whatever reason. They've gone, and, they've gone and bought, bought one. The next generation might not think like that. I, I think the what are they called the the Z? What are the like young kids today? I mean, I have no, I mean, I don't even no, know No, because you know, it's like they're the baby boomers, the millennials, like 
What's yeah, I don't know, mate. Uh, honestly, I mean, the, I... the young'uns. Anyway, I think they're just not going to want to drive at all. But I agree with you in general. But what I, where I disagree with you, I think we're not the only people in the world and probably not the, only, the people listening to us right now who are unenthused by the current state of automotive or at least performance cars. Yep. But, you know, because all of this, you know, dulling down, everything becoming a bit robotic, lack of emotion. I hear this from a lot of different people. People are just a bit sick and tired of the new stuff. Yep. And lots of people are going back to these kind of modern classics. Now, the modern classics of the car that you say were post cars when we grew up. And so that's what we lust after. And I think that's what drives the prices. Hence, look at 250 short wheelbases. The owners of those cars are 70 or 80 year old men yep. because those were the cool cars when they were kids. So for me, myself, you know, Ferrari Enzo, I would pay two, three, five million pounds for that car if that was the price and I had that money because that was my Ferrari hypercar growing up. Now, it's a piece of poo. <laughs> it's been proven multiple times that a 430 Scud is quicker than it around a track. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not a good car, but I don't care. Yep. And so I think, you know, as these modern cars get dulled down and become less interesting to us. And there are so many of them and they're plastered all over social media. More and more of us are looking to those authentic driving experiences. So that's why I think a Carrera GT makes sense of that money. And I would potentially pay as much as a 918 cost, even though the 918 is miles better. But for how long? That's what I'm saying. Like, So what I mean is, is we touched on this last week. There is a small percentage of people in this country that spend bonkers money on cars. There isn't a small percentage of people that can afford them. There are, there are lots of people that can afford these cars. But you have to like cars to spend that money on them. You can't, unless they are just investments, to which point, because the market's softened off, people aren't buying them for that reason. So the only people that are buying them are people that love them, that are prepared to lose money on them. That pool of people is slim. It's not, there's not a lot of people like for that. And then we have the, what I was talking about earlier on, the age thing. As we get older, generations change. That will them cars, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I don't know everything. I mean, I know most things. I don't know everything. <laughs> oh God, here we go. Yeah. But will them cars still be desirable? You know, it's a question to ask because them people, that generation they won't lust after the Carrera T anymore. They'll lust after a Carrera T. God, you really get no, that. No, no. <laughs> just because it's going to go up for sale at Gravelwood. You didn't do that marketing just yet. A Carrera GT, I mean. You know what I mean. And I so know. do the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt this. Uh, go on. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, will them cars then be desirable? Because it's obviously the market that dictates the value of these anyway, first and foremost. If there's no market, there's no price. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, I think nowadays people buying F40s are drivers. Of course. You know, people want to drive, want to experience an F40. And that's why the price is being driven up because drivers with big money are going out there and buying them. They'll always be the collectors, I suppose. But you're right. I think nowadays it's not such a, a valuable entity unless you're buying those super rare Ferraris. And, you know, I think it's, you know, it's petrol heads still that are but dictating even the then, market. Even then, they're making so many cars now is that, like I said, people, there are obviously some really fortunate people that have got endless pots of money. They could just buy everything. But in general, there isn't, there isn't that person about. Like, or they don't want to because they're just blowing money every 10 seconds. Yeah. But I mean, money, no object. And let's say you just won 150 on the Euro Millions. 
what would you go and buy? What I, I know you like new stuff, so it can be new. I don't care. But you just won 150 mil. What's the first car you go and buy? Probably a laugh. Why? I'd have a laugh. Because it, it, it's special. It's like, you know, you'd never think of, a, of owning something like that. But if you ask this question to, to someone in 15 years' time, they might not say a laugh. Agreed. I mean, because my next question was, why not the SF90? Half the price and quicker. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not a, it's not a special, is it? To you. To me. Yeah. But to the next person in 15 years' time, they probably will say the SF90. I think a kid, I, th- I mean, I might be wrong now, and I don't know how many youthful, yeah, youthful listeners we have, but I think a, a kid would have said an SF90, I think, because mm. I went to an unveiling in an Abu Dhabi. Um, I love saying Abu Dhabi. Uh, and, they, you know, the, the younger gen was so hyped by SF90. And I think for them, laugh is kind of, it's been there, like, it's, it's done. Like, no well, one- the kids in Dubai have probably got one on order yeah. anyway. If it's the, if it's <laughs> well, they probably have three laughs in their garage at uh, home, yeah, so, you know, yeah, probably, yeah. probably wrong, wrong uh, demographic. But, yeah, I, that's what, I'm kind of with you. And so you're questioning Carrera GT in 918. I, I, that's why I was like, well, hold on a sec, because, you know, I get why values of cars like that are intense. What I never understood was why, and don't get offended, people were paying through the roof for a Huracan Performante. You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. that was the stuff I never got, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not a truly special, that's a marketing tactic. It's a very good car, but this is not a car which in 25 years, we're going to look back and go, wow, what a special creation. But that's what the manufacturer's done. The manufacturers and social media created that. So if your money's in a Carrera GT or an Enzo, you're probably okay. Mm. Like, I don't think you're going to make the money you think you're going to make, but I think it's probably safe. I think they probably, you know, I don't I don't ever think that a Carrera GT will be two million quid or, you know. And don't forget, a lot of these people buy these cars with the hope that they are going to go up. Because what's the point otherwise? You know, especially if you don't like cars, some people buy them just for investments. What's the point then? No, I'm not going to drive them. No. Like, like, and then some people like us, they buy them to drive them, which sure. is what we do. Yeah. So we would be absolutely useless buying a Carrera GT. Yeah, absolutely, because we're just going to lose a could lose you know, a ton of money. Yeah, so of I've course. got a really, really good friend of mine, actually works in finance. He has a Carrera GT. He has absolutely no interest in driving it. He's never really. It. It's done. 800 miles. Wow. He's never driven it, mate. But he's, because he sees it as an investment, investment. like a piece of art. I'll put it there. My money's safe. In- it's safe, yeah. but I don't think it's, because he paid a lot of money for it, by mm-hmm, the way, as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. So, because find another one. There isn't, there won't be another one. Sure. So, but yeah, I, uh, you know, and a lot of these people that are switched on, they're switched on and they've got money for a reason because they put their money where, goes up. But you, you make a good point where as more and more drivers become buyers, i.e., you know, less and less investors become buyers, an 800-mile career GT is not that attractive because... Can't what, drive it. Can't drive it. And it's like that McLaren F1 that came up, which was, you know, covered with all the plastic. It was like deliver, like literally delivery. Can't drive not it. Not mileage. What are you going to do with that? You can find put it in a car museum maybe, but... What are you going to do with that? Yeah, yeah, So even going down to like Specialis even. Okay. Like when I bought mine, um, mine had low miles, but there was ones with delivery miles that were like 30 grand more than my car, 40 grand more. But I could never drive it. No, because like, you wanted to use it, right? Because I wanted to use it. So you can't, you could never drive that car again. So that's, that's the problem with some of them as well. If you're an investor 
and you're never going to drive it, you're never going to enjoy it, your money's safe, but it, it, are you going to make the money that you think you're going to make? Probably not. Maybe not anymore. No, not anymore. And then also, you know, going to what you were saying about sort of mass manufacturing, Special is a good one because if you look at Pistas, which arguably I will hands down now say is a better car. I mean, I spent a week 100%. with both and I went into that week being like, I would have a Speciale. I would never have a Pista over Speciale. Left that week going, God, I want a Pista. Like, like that's a new goal for myself. Mate, because a 488 a better car than a Pista. Of a, course. Speciale. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. A exactly. normal 488. Uh, 488 is better car than a Speciale. Correct. Wow, a car. It's a better car. A better car. Yeah. Desirability is the question. Yeah. And if you look at the used market here in the UK, Specialis and Pistas, you can find similar value cars, 350 odd. Yeah. And that goes down to, I think, too many Pistas. Yeah. And the the thought of people who haven't driven both going, oh, I, you know, I wouldn't want that turbocharged car. I'd want a Speciale. Yeah. So, you know, the market's in a weird place. And there are some steals to be had. And whilst we always love to bang on Ferrari and about Ferrari, and somehow we find a way to do it in every episode, the one I want to touch on very quickly before we move on is the FF. So uh, run me down some, some uh, FF uh, details uh, or deals whilst I reset the cameras. Okay, so FFs now. I mean, I haven't looked for a while, actually, but I'm guessing a 30,000-mile FF. Oh, what would the retail value of that be? 90 grand, maybe 100, maybe if it's a bit less miles, but they're around that, they're sub 100 grand. Sub 100 grand, there you go, for a four-seater, four-wheel drive, V12 Ferrari. Yeah, and the reason why they're that value is because of the GT4 Lusso as well. That came out and just stole all its thunder, huh? Yeah, but like, they're, what's a good GT4 Lusso now, 160? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One yeah, seventy. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you do this professionally. It's, like, it's, like it's my job. Um, <laughs> another another good one, mate, is F twelves. Oh, really? What are they at? Where are they at? Uh, so, like a ten thousand mile F twelve. Don't forget these big V twelves. They do suffer mileage. Is the the um, the V eight supercars are they do better with them? At- few miles on. Yeah, they're, they're, they're mileage sensitive, the V8 ones. Not so much now, but especially like 458s and the the older cars, they're a bit more sensitive to Okay. Us. But the big V12s, they, they, they suffer the miles a bit more. Uh, uh, so an F12, what's that going to be? 160, 170? I mean, what, what a car. What a car, mate. That. However, 812s, a new 812s probably... Two sixty, two seventy. So only a hundred grand more for a new. For you a new say car. only a hundred grand more. No, no, that's, no, a, that's a big chunk. It is a big chunk, yeah. yeah. But but um, that's why the prices have come down. Of sure, of yeah. They all just breathe down each other's necks, yeah, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking about too many models, you know our favourite uh, topic from a few years ago, McLaren. <laughs> really? Do they still exist? <laughs> I didn't want to go into a dark hole there, but uh, before we spiral out of control, you know, deals of the century. I mean, we started off talking about, uh, you know, sort of entry-level supercars. McLaren are now, you know, basically giving the opportunity to jump into incredible cars for what I will say incredible value compared to the competition. They are very, I mean, we're both McLaren owners and uh, McLaren will obviously know that I'm not their biggest fan. However, I have never, ever disputed the fact that they don't make good cars when they work. Oh, yeah. Brilliant cars Brilliant when they work. Cars. The problem is they fall apart in all different kinds of ways. You know, we've had Senna's catching fire all over the world. We've had uh, owners having to send 720Ss back because they're, you know, different bits 
breaking and sports series cars with the en- enormity of electrical glitches yeah, that yeah. make the ownership experience just not fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the problem. It, 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 it's a brilliant car when it works. I actually love the product. I adore the brand. And I would love to, for example, own a 600 LT. I think that car, you know, I drove it on track at Hungary, never driven it on the road, but I think is an amazing, amazing car. For so the money as well. Like. Oh, well, okay. So we'll come back to that in a second. But I would be so terrified of going, right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get another McLaren, going downstairs to drive it on a Sunday morning and it not turning on because beep, key not found Won't or, stop. you know, yeah. return to uh, factory because you've got an ECU glitch or whatever. Like, I, I just couldn't bear it. It would give me anxiety. But 600 LTs now for the coupes are what? 150, 160? Is uh, that right? Yeah. So, so ones with no miles on them. So they'll be a year old, but yeah, they've got like 1,500 miles on them or whatever. I bet they're 150, 155. So, you know. Like- That's an... What unbelievable car. car. I mean, yeah. you are you are you are rivaling a pista in terms of ability, speed, on track, you know, capabilities for half the price. Yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely, but, but that's the brand, mate. That's the problem. That's the difference. You know, I think, and I think people are starting to realise now that they have got a few of these uh, issues with their what do you got quality? I would say quality control is where I'd say the issue is. I don't, it, it's just the issue with the brand. Full stop. I think they make too many cars. They're not reliable. The after-sales service is terrible from the dealerships. When you want to get your car serviced, you can't. The, the, Why can't you? Because they're too busy fixing the ones that are already broke. Yeah. No, 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 it's true. I know, but I wanted to clarify. We have to explain. Oh, okay, thank yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you so, just apologised to that empty space at the end of the table, but I appreciate it. There's a camera there. Oh, you looked at the camera. Oh, well yeah, done. You're, you're learning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, we both, we both would love for McLarens to be, to live up to the promise that they, you know, offer. Uh, because, you know, brilliant, brilliant cars. And when we went to Scotland, for example, that time, apart from the fact my car never started when I went to a petrol station, we were both so happy. We were like, yeah, yeah. we have the best cars here yep. because we were on bit back B roads, absolutely thrashing it, loving life. But yeah, then as I said, I got stuck <laughs> at a pe- petrol station for 30 minutes. You got coronavirus, mate. Nearly. Where's your mask? No, no, I'll be fine. Are you sure? Yeah. You just coughed at me. No, no, I just coughed in my hand. Okay. I mean, it was only a little cough. Yeah, no, you, gotta, you can't be careful. You can't be too careful these days. What, we're in the UK, not China. Yeah, I'm going to put a segregation bit up in between the two of us. No, they found corona today. Two okay. cases confirmed. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sorry I, to break that news to you. Well, so how did they get corona? They've been eating bats as well? No, they were Chinese people, tourists. Ah, tourists. Because the problem is the thing you've got to remember, the Chinese do get around. Of course. A lot of Chinese tourism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, anyway, let's not get into it, but it's a bit depressing, isn't it? Well, it is if you make contact with them, yeah. (laughs) Okay, we should stop saying them, but but anyway, yes, McLaren, uh, some great deals to be made out there. 570Ss, sub 100k still 570Ss? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I bet they're even cheaper, mate. I I mean, it's just terrifying. They're 90 car, but they're 85, 90 grand. No, we don't really see too often, though, 650Ss. That's a good car, and you don't see them anymore. Yeah, but, but the, the, that's the problem with McLaren as well. Like, who in their right mind buys a five or six year old McLaren now? Mm. Yeah, because there's a new, better one coming out in six months. And there's a new, better one in a minute. Yeah. Like, literally, like the 600LT, the latest, greatest thing. There's a there's another one. Yeah, 600R or whatever it's there's called, 620R, and then there's a... Yeah. There'll be another one after that. Like, you know, talking about, I really want a 600LT now. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> we've been doing that for five good. minutes. They are like, oh, good. Oh, the problem is, the problem is what you'd have to do, they were doing these finance schemes with them. Oh, okay. Obviously. McLaren finance deals. McLaren finance deals where you put an amount of money in, they're a certain amount a month. Two years, you give them back. Oh, okay. That, that sounds attractive. That's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only way yeah. I, I, th- I, I think you should buy one because you're buying a new car. Hopefully you can find a good dealer that's going to look after you. There are a couple around. Mm, mm, mm. There's a lot that isn't, but there are some dealers that they are good for the service and after. Oh, I have to say, I was looked after beautifully by uh, by McLaren London and my McLaren Ascot. Yeah. Whether it's because they knew about my social media profile or not, I don't know. But I had I did have a very good service with them. I have to say, but yeah, I, I just I would be so terrified of yeah key not found or oh, I just couldn't go through it all over again. The biggest problem is is getting out of them. I think like value wise, yeah, like, or just like. In general, like the the six hundred LT, the used ones. It's about the new ones. They've still got. By the way, and you can walk into a McLaren dealer today and buy a six hundred LT. They're mm. available, but there's like thirty odd used ones on the market with yeah. no miles on them that are sixty grand under lease that people won't buy because you can get a brand new one on finance for cheaper for yeah. McLaren. Yeah, super so, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool car, though, isn't it? Very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying like, oh, I really want a 600 LT. I need to stop because uh, I'm going to get carried away. Um, well, look, uh, were there any other cars that you wanted to come today and talk about as the sort of, you know, steals of the century right now, cars that you think uh, just a great value for money? Well, only because I owned one, the AMG GTR is really good value for money now. Okay. I think. I mean, Where are they at? What's... Uh, like... Like a two-year-old one with under five thousand miles, high-spec a ceramic car, like one ten. Ooh, I mean, what a car! That is a that's a great car. But but again, so many variants. You know, AMG GTC, GT, GTS, GTR, Black Series, GTR Pro, or and I would argue you could get into a GTC coupe and have just as much fun for probably under a hundred grand. Yeah, maybe, but uh, I mean, it just all depends what you like. But mm. uh, I mean, I I like my MG GTR. I did like it. I liked. I didn't like it as a track car. I liked it as a road car. Yeah. I thought it was really good on the road. Um, yeah, we had fun in Ireland, didn't we? We, we did. The, yeah, three yeah. RS and yeah, GTR. Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube and you want to head over to the main channel, seeing through glass, uh, yeah, Tony and I took his two cars, two black cars at the time, AMG GTR and GT3 RS, to Ireland for a few days, and we had a we had a blast. It was a nice back to back comparison. Two really very good, two very different cars. Yeah, but we had a good time. Roads in Ireland that we picked weren't ideal for those no. two cars, but we still had a blast. So uh, um, anyway, I think that's a good point to close it off on. I did have one other car to talk about, which was the NSX, but we did do a whole episode years ago about that, where we said that when they dropped under hundred grand, we'd buy them and they have now dropped under hundred uh, grand. So let's, and let's you just, one? well, yeah, I do, but let's just skip over it. Cause I, I don't think I'm going to buy one. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, nor me. No, no. <laughs> So yeah, we're definitely people of our words on this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to us, please uh, make sure to follow the Behind the Glass podcast. Subscribe if you can on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Make sure to give us that review, that rating. Tweet us, hashtag Behind the Glass. Instagram, DM us. Do whatever you need to do. Follow me on TikTok. Oi, oi. And what what is this TikTok? Mate, it's a, well, okay. I don't really know. It's it's actually quite exciting. I deep dived TikTok this week. I had two hours at Geneva Airport just to chill, um, waiting for a flight. And I was like, I'm going to get into it. And I got stuck in a black hole of TikTok. It's a lot of dancing. I don't do a lot of dance. I, I can't dance. A lot oh. of dancing and a lot of like lip syncing. It's quite funny. There's some quite funny stuff out there. I don't really know how seen through glass fits into it, but oh. 
follow me, check it out. Um, and then of course, yes, as I already mentioned a few minutes ago, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, hit subscribe, turn notifications on, and we'll be back very soon for another episode of Behind the Glass. Bye. Bye. <laughs>